calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. What's up, everybody? Just <laughs> You've picked this up since we were at Games. What's up, everybody? It's the IGN UK podcast. and uh, Do you want to do that, Tom? What's that? What's up? No. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. I am Alex, and this week I am joined by What's Up, Everybody, Daniel Creeper. <laughs> Hello, everyone. And More likely, A Up, everybody. A Up, Tom Beyond Butler. Yeah. That's me. <laughs> That's your middle name. So, this week is going to be a bit of a different podcast because uh, we've neglected uh, our feedback for the past kind of two to three weeks. Obviously we haven't just neglected week. our feedback, we've neglected our listeners. Well, hopefully not, because they've still had the joys of p- the podcast popping into their ears every week, right? <laughs> and, and I would say anybody that heard last week's Gamescom special, Ooh, it was oh, a good one. Was magical. The Ginger Prince was on form. He was. He said one word: insane. insane. What do you um, think of that game? Insane. Always giving us the fingers. There you go. Oh. He's, he's working the knobs from from the other room. Um, but yeah, so we've had like, oh god, it must be about three weeks worth of feedback. So. We are going to take our time and go through that. Big uh, deep dive into the mailbag. Absolutely. But first, Daniel and I managed to get our hands on the 2DS today. Yeah, so to give this a bit of a context, this isn't the Twilight Zone. This actually happened earlier this week. Yeah. It was Wednesday, was it? So Nintendo Thursday morning. announced something called the Nintendo 2DS. It's the latest member of the 3DS family, even though it's the 2DS. Yes. It's a 3DS designed for kids below seven. Um, doesn't have a clamshell design, has no 3D slider, but plays 3DS games and existing DS games. Yes. Um, So it's basically a DS without the clamshell design, right? Yeah, it looks like one of those old consoles you used to get where it used to be LCD. The Game & Watch. Yeah, like that. Yeah, Yeah. but even they were clamshell, right? Yeah, a lot of them were. Yeah, yeah but but, but a lot of those, those, I know what you mean, like those kind of third-party ones you buy on holidays to Spain. Like My mum used to buy them me at the airport to play on the plane. If you if get your hands on with that's it today, why you like it. I do. I, I actually I do like it because yeah. when it you know it is quite funny when you first see it. I think the most ludicrous thing about it is actually the name. Yeah, and it doesn't do it any favors. It's you call it something completely. It, it different. feels like a backward step. Yeah. Did you see that American news report on the on it and the woman the news report called it the two Ds, uh, oh, and no. it was the, it was the follow up to the three Ds. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> what about three Ds for kids? 
or like I don't know, DS for kids. I don't know, but it's something like that. That's because that's what it is. And going hands on with it, you realise this has been designed for children. It's, it's, it's like really... Ferris Art School available for it. Oh, oh can you tell what it is yet? No. But yeah, um, the first thing I'll say really, about it is solid. And it's it's smaller a lot than smaller than you think it's going to be. Yeah. Um, it's smaller I was quite than a, two, a th- regular 3DS. How smaller than the 3DS opened up would be? How large is it compared to a slice of toast? Depends Probably on toast. it's size of loaf. To I would say like a Warburton's toasty. toasty. Yeah, exactly. The orange, like, the, yeah, the, the orange, orange yeah. bag. Yeah. Although, so at one end, it's it's, it's been poorly cut because it's thin sliced at one end and thick <laughs> on the other side. Like a MacBook Air. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah it's, it's just a lot like smaller a okay. but it's, it's balanced quite well because um, if obviously when you open up a 3DS all of the weight is at one end i.e. the bottom end and then you've just got the screen there whereas here it, it feels quite nice and it, I've it got to admit like, the, one of the, I think one of the irritating things of the form of the 3DS especially the XL is the way the top screen wobbles yeah, yeah. and I know that's, that's something that like is unavoidable because it's moving the parts right and that's yeah. got to cost Nintendo a fortune to fix yeah. every yeah. year and yeah. that is the first thing that breaks so if you're going to design it for kids you remove that yeah. immediately because that's going to go in the first six months and the overall build quality it's like it's properly solid. solid isn't it that would fall downstairs and probably yeah. still work well, but also the flat design at the back like the slate design I can imagine little kids like, they would sit with it on their laps because it's really flat at the back um, where does the stylus come out? Um, right halfway at the back in, of the side, halfway, midway, uh, yeah. around the back. Okay. So it's got pretty much everything that a regular 3DS has got, obviously, apart from 3D. There are a few compromises. Um, so, like yeah, mono sound. mono sound, unless you're listening Headphone. through headphones, and then it's stereo. But, um, and then the battery life is pretty much the same. Um, it's got bigger SD card as standard. Yeah, it's got 4 gig, gig SD card. Like, bizarrely, so you get a single camera on the front, but you get the dual camera on the back, so you can still take stereoscopic pictures. But presumably that's just to share with your mates who've got better 3DSs than you have. I.e. something <laughs> you'll never do. Yeah. Right. Very, I thought that was a weird decision. Me and, Tom, me and Tom are always swapping 3DS pictures on a 3DS. I actually think the 3DS camera is really cool. We'll take 3D pictures. There's a website... Now that that can... is a sentence I've never heard anybody say before in my life. <laughs> There's a website Tom, that, Tom. <laughs> that you can host th- the 3D pictures on and it does like this weird like GIF where it gives you an oh, animated yeah, yeah. GIF of the two images like flickering back and forth. Back, back so and forth. I think it's quite cool. But How many pictures of your own genitals have you taken on that? <laughs> Ooh. Many. At least they're of his own. Yeah, exactly. Tom's it's normally get, just his other half. Tom, right? Tom's such a hipster. All his wedding pictures are going to be 3D animated gifts. <laughs> Penises. Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> That's a wedding. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think obviously there was a lot of outcry when it was announced. Uh, and I think, like you say, I think it's mainly because of the, the name. Yeah. yeah. Right? And also, a it's lot also of people, not for, it's not for yeah, us. Yeah, a lot of people reacting. It's not for them. Uh, the argument or the discussion we had, this conversation video upon IGN. Yeah. And. Over the weekend, last weekend, I saw it. Like um, Stu and his daughter, she really wanted to play games on his Samsung Galaxy, and he gave it to her begrudgingly in the car. Mm. But then once we got out, he's like, "Oh, can I have that back? Because you're going to drop it, yeah. and I don't want you spending money or going into my email or do- well, obviously." Classic Stu. But was this like Nintendo are really good? It's maybe held them back in other- against other competitors at all the kind of safety nets they've put online. Yeah. In-, in terms of creating a safe environment for kids to play online access a store not spend shitloads of money on microtransactions it's, they've got that yeah I think the price point is great as well right £110 in the UK yeah we were saying if they can get it under 100 quid by Christmas or shortly after that is the People kind of the magic 
poor. Off- I, I know retailers are offering great trade-ins for DSs, so I imagine a lot of people out there yeah. would probably be tempted to pick that up. Yeah, yeah. Like um, my nephew's got a load of DS games. Yeah. So like to his mum, all those games he can still use and get like mileage out of. Yeah, yeah my, my sister bought one for my niece, a 3DS, not long ago, and it was a bit of a tough sell because she was like, I could just get a DS. I was like, well, you might as well get a 3DS. And she's like, yeah, but it's got 3D yeah. and it's a bit more expensive. But if you take that barrier away... Yeah. then it becomes a really attractive proposition. How well, old uh, is your niece, was it? Oh, yeah, good question. She, she's just started school. She's like five. Because interestingly, obviously, Nintendo have now come out and said, don't give, uh, well, don't let anything, any, anything <laughs> anyone under seven play with 3DS. Right. Yeah, well, they said that, yeah, they said that around yeah. the time because... I don't know, there's very there's conflicting studies and any of these yeah. studies you don't know the long term effects it when a does my eyes in which is why I never ever play it with 3D yeah, very rarely anyway. do. Mario so. 3D Land I think was the well, last makes game sense. I played in 3D makes sense um, yeah. so two questions then because um, I saw that they were talking about development and like how they wanted to widen the platform to, for other developers does that mean now that people are going to be able to release games for the 3DS and the 2DS that don't have a 3D element I would have thought so, yes. Will that be actively encouraged? Because I imagine... But, but, but now, what I don't really... That's just a, that's just a DS game, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's we're going full circle to where we were, I don't know, two, three years ago. I mean, the processing power has got to be better, right? I mean, I you see some so. of the graphics yeah, 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 like yeah. on something like Kid Icarus or... Yeah. I can't think of other ones, but um, yeah. I mean, New Pokemon, for example, looks yeah. really good. So yeah. the, the processing power has got to be better. So people will, might start now like... I know there've also been women sort of indie developers as well. So it yeah. also it suddenly becomes a really viable platform yeah. for a lot of, if sort you, of if, if developers, like, right? Under the eShop if you can give your kid like pocket money and they can buy the games that they want, but you know it is just five pounds. They don't have that is to the, the key card. thing, right? It's even five pounds is a lot of money compared to iOS games, etc. Yeah. You know, it's, like, yeah. it's rare that you'll spend that much on a game if you're shopping through the app. But how store, much so. better? I still think there is worth in a premium game, like how for Nintendo mu- games. Incre- yes, yes. incrementally. How much not sure. money, like compared to like a crap iOS game? Yeah. But at the same time, I suppose it keeps killing you. So I knew, like, when free. I was a kid, I used to like, enjoy playing Mario games. But I wouldn't get much further. Like when I was really young, I'd yeah. probably just do the same few levels over and over again. Yeah, probably because you couldn't save it. Yeah, yeah. Um, my second question is then: it, if Nintendo is ditching 3D as a as the medium, like that, it's bringing games in. Then does that mean like is that another sort of bell that sort of sounds as 3D as a as an the, entertainment? Form? They don't claim that they're ditching 3D. They're just trying to broaden their existing you know, uh, fan base, which kind of yes. makes sense. But yeah, I, I still think, you know, if, if Nintendo, I'm sure will continue to support it. It's the third parties. It's the same with everything. It's like, why would you, if you don't have to? Yeah. It's weird that because like 3d is still very much got a grip on the cinema. But yeah. Has it on that, the way? I, I think that might, might also be on the way. And I think there's not enough people you innovating with it at the moment. It kind of feels like, it's being used as a money spinning tool rather than yeah, for entertainment. Tool, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think, yeah, like Gravity probably will be the next big film that will really like push 3D again. But uh, at the yeah. moment, I think it's a very tired sort of format. And yeah. like Sony's not pushing the TVs anymore, is it? No, not a single mention of 3D in the whole of like E3 press conferences, Gamecom, Gamescom press conferences. Yeah. And next gen, it's like not a whiff. Also be more interested in resolution, wouldn't you? 
I guess, high resolution. That's what you want. But that's, you know, obviously that is now what another generation away. That's another seven years away. Obviously, you know, there will be a level of 4K support from both PS4 and Xbox One. But that's not going to be mainstream until, well, uh, you know, five, seven years. Okay. So the big question, would you get your daughter a 2DS? Do you know what? Would it make you, like, like, you probably, would you ever consider getting a 3DS? And there's this kind of... She's still she's still a bit young, to be honest. Like yeah. you know, the stuff that she plays on iPad is like postman pack games where you Spelling have to stuff well. yeah you match up like you know two of the same things. So if there was a version, like I tried to buy her, uh, it was an iPad alike for kids called LeapPad or something like that. But it's the user interface is so retarded, and uh, which is like that is the ironic thing is that you know a premium piece of kit that costs three hundred and twenty quid is actually much easier to use for kids than something that's designed for yeah. kids, which is stupid. Um, but you know, there's a, a, a huge back catalogue of games already out there, and if you can pick up, you know, premium games for you know, as you say, a fiver or something, like that, you probably can a lot of the old DS games. Yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. Cool. And, and it looked good. I, I especially I like the, the really white, the white and red one, which is available to Europe only. They should call it the Nintendo My First Console. Yeah. They shouldn't have called it the 2DS. That's the thing. It's yeah. like, you know. But they've had a real bad run with naming consoles. Oh, like, God, first yeah. of all, the Wii. Whoever, is, Wii whoever is this idiot that's working at Nintendo is well, most no, of not all it, it is, so is they're typing it up in Japanese into Babelfish, and it's just coming out as that. I saw a weird thing in, uh, just to digress slightly, I saw this weird thing on Reddit the other day where in China, you know like how like in the UK, like Chinese symbols are often used for like tattoos and things yeah, like yeah, decoration. Yeah. In China, they use like the Latin alphabet as like decoration. Yeah, so right. like in hotel rooms and stuff, they'll have like just let, just random letters just around the edge of the room. Really? So it looks good, like it's it's attractive to the, the wow. Chinese eye, yeah. Wow. yeah. Does it so sometimes like spell quite... No, the, the one I saw was basically the like alphabet just repeated uh, around the, the edge of a room. <laughs> um, but yeah, there you go. Oh, it looks classy, that. They thought it said welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Above the blinds. So anyway, shall we, uh, shall we try and get stuck into this reader feedback? That's a lot, isn't There's it? There's a lot. I feel, like, I feel like an overworked Terry Wogan. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go first. Okay, so I've got uh, an email from a podcast writer in a virgin. I couldn't think. Is he a virgin? Well, he's a writer in a virgin. Most of our listeners are. As we we are. So Thomas Barlow, I don't know if you are a virgin or not. Either way, it's his first ever podcast email. uh, And he says that we are very much biased towards PlayStation 4 rather than Xbox One. He's been following the ups and downs and actually he's going to get an Xbox One. Why are we anti-Xbox One? Are we? Well, I'm not. I think it was, was it last week's podcast, and you so this were, email was sent. Lyrical, to be fair, yeah. so this email was sent before then. I I am definitely a bit of an Xbox convert after playing Titanfall, yeah, and seeing some of the stuff they've got coming up. I guess you know we are kind of neutral to begin with, and I think straight out of the gates, Sony did a better job yep. of pitching their new console to a wider audience. It wasn't just us that kind of felt like that. That yep. was we were in sync with a lot of other people, and um, I think that's because we had no bias with the existing consoles so we, we're kind of up for grabs but still I still will get both eventually also like when you first see the hardware itself like when you haven't seen it in person the PS4 looks better I think but actually when you see the, the Xbox One it's a lot smaller than you think it's going to be it's a bit more compact it's Connect is still hideous point, but um, so yeah yeah, I think I think we're pretty balanced Yeah, I think. what are you going for Tom? 
Oh, I can't afford to get either because I'm getting married. Uh, so well. I will wait until next year. Probably. God damn I'm, your fiance. I yeah. think um, the first. But if I was going to buy one, I'd probably buy the PlayStation just because yeah. it's more reasonably priced to start to start off with. But I think the Xbox has a. It's only fifty quid difference. Yeah, it's only fifty quid difference. Over oh, the that's course of like though. five years. Amazon France has just announced a it's fifty quid. Is it? It's eighty quid. Oh yeah. That's, Amazon France has just announced that's the same for a me, you know, bundle for the PS4. Yep. Which is. PlayStation 4 Killzone and two controllers for the same price as an Xbox One. Yep, yep, yep. Which comes obviously with FIFA. I'll never play FIFA. I'd probably play Killzone yep. and two controllers. I mean, that's that's the a controllers are 55. expensive. Yeah, that yeah. that's a that's a, um, that's a. I don't think like interesting the, I think much of a muchness unless there's a kind of a first party like um, launch title that really mm. takes your fancy. There's not much in it. The no. thing that kind of swayed me was I really like PS Plus as a service. Yep, that means quite a bit to me because I don't want to get for you know gold again. But you're not going to get any like games on PS4 for a while, right? Well, you got Drive Club at launch. Well, yeah, but a, but, a but cut down still, version of Drive still, Club. You'll still get yeah. discounts. Yeah, um, which might be quite good. But also the roster of indie games. I like that the if you like games, PlayStation seems to have that kind of spectrum of titles. Yeah. Whereas Xbox also has the multimedia stuff, which appeals less to me just because that's not how I consume TV anymore. Yeah, I, yeah I I'd, say, close. I'd say bias is imagined on, on the other side, right? It's like whatever your preference is, like yeah. you, you, you'll read into whatever is yeah. out there. Yeah, in yeah, media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But within like the community, within our office, we're very much agnostic in terms of platform. If a game comes out and it's good, we want to play it regardless of yeah. what platform it's on, right? So the games, if I look back on the games I've played this last year, it will range from an iPhone game, which I've spent a shitload of time on. It will range yeah. on a 3DS game that I've played a shitload like, yeah. You know what I mean? PS3, Xbox, whatever, it's, whatever it takes, like the I'll other play thing, it. Mainly Animal Crossing. Yeah, the other thing... <laughs> that, Animal Crossing. That's true, yeah. yeah. The only other thing that we were talking about, like Daniel and I were talking about, is that like GTA Five get the version of that that everybody else is playing within your friend circle because yeah, you want to play that online. Initially, I was going to get that on Xbox yeah. just because I have a slight preference for the current Xbox controller and generally online stuff's better because I got a mic for my Xbox. But then now I found out most people are going on PS3. I'm going to get yeah. on PS3. That is true, though. I don't have a mic for PS3. Well, what I thought we'd we're do is we'd do a Skype chat room or FaceTime or something. That's yeah. the plan. That game is going to kick ass. So yeah, thanks for that, Tom. Yep, shall I go next? Yep. Um, first of all, uh, we would, uh, when I was on last time, um, I was talking about a football game on the Game Boy, which had a glitch, which means you could score from the halfway line. Uh, Fraser's uh, kindly written in and said it's called International Superstar Soccer, and he can remember because he spent an entire summer playing a Scotland beating Brazil without the midfielder ever touching the ball. Um, that sounds kind of boring. Yeah, but like it was very it addictive. In, but doing it for an entire summer. Is that all right? I, well, this is the game that I dreamt about because I was playing it so much as a child. But right. um, anyway, um, he was saying about current and next-gen up game upgrades, um, such as COD, Watch Dogs, Assassin's Creed, so you buy it on one, then you can upgrade the game to the second. He says, it seems like a good idea, uh, a good idea, but won't, does that mean that you'll, will your save file be able to move over? Um so if you buy Assassin's Creed on PS3 and yep. then you upgrade it to the PS4, but will your save file transfer over? I know it's been confirmed that that will work on Call of Duty yep. 
and on Battlefield. And your seasons will carry across in FIFA. And like points. Well, it sounds, yeah. If it sounds like it's doable, I would imagine. Yeah, but yeah. it sounds like it's going to be game-specific. And I don't know... They, they've talked about your multiplayer stats in Call of Duty, but I don't know whether it will transfer your single-player yeah. save yeah. file. I don't think that's been confirmed. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's something that I guess will become more apparent as we get closer but to But in release. theory, if you're an Xbox Live Gold account holder or a PS Plus holder and you've used the... Uh, cloud saving it should be feasible right yeah but I think with Call of Duty I know that it's you have to log into a Call of Duty account to, to be able right. to transfer it over so it's actually right. saved as a third party right 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 rather than something that lives within the ecosystem of the and I console. guess the only other thing is is it exactly the same game on next gen and current gen like I, I know that some of them are but I don't know if it, are they exactly the same levels is there any difference because if there is a difference then that's going to impact it right yeah. It seems like a lot of the PS4 launch titles or a lot of the indie games being released are just coming to PS4 just because it's a new platform and they're not going to get anything extra for being next gen. Yeah, you know, like all the indie games they like. Yeah. Uh, Octodad. Octodad. Is that coming to PS3? Oh, I don't know, actually. No, Good but I, I'm, I'm trying to think of an example. Uh, it's uh, just Volume, the, the yeah. new game from Mike Bithel that's coming yeah. to PS3, PS4 and Vita, but... Isn't, so it's not going to be any higher res or anything? Well, I don't know. Like this, is, this is my question. Yeah. It's, there seems to be a lot of games that have been announced for PS4 and well, they're coming across all three PlayStation platforms, like Joe Danger as well. Yeah, I guess. Uh, but I think for those kind of developers, it's such a strain to do kind of, you know, uh, platform-specific titles. It's kind of like cinema, isn't it? You put a film out and it'll play a variety of different cinemas, each one having a different type of tech yeah. to display it. Yeah. Um, next bit is from Andrew Voke. This is the guy who um, was at Gamescom the other week. Who was yes. going to, uh, but we couldn't meet up with him, and he was too busy. We were too busy. I apologise for that. Um, he. These are some of his highlights of the show. He checked out the Oculus Rift, which I tried out. Yeah. Which is weird. So I played the new game. Um, that they're developing actually in Newcastle. So it's the Oculus Rift. Um, it's like E Valkyrie. Yep. Where you're getting shot in space, and it's kind of a space-based shooter. And the weird thing about it is I can imagine playing it for... Because well, the way that you play Oculus Rift, it's like you're going on a, an amusement, uh, no, uh, uh, a theme park. So it's really cool for like five minutes. But I don't know if you'd sit there for maybe three hours of an evening doing that. Um, the next thing he really liked was the Watch Dogs Companion app game. He also liked something called the Retro Madness of StabYourself.net, particularly with one called Mario with a Portal Gun. So the thing that he really liked was variety. With new tech on its way, I really enjoy seeing that people are thinking outside the box still. It pleases me that the indie scene is being courted a bit more than in previous years, fresh with new ideas. That uh, Mario with the portal gun uh, was a, like a demo. I've downloaded it. It's mental. Is it? Yeah, you basically, it's, it's, as it sounds, it's like right. regular Mario, but you, you give him a portal gun so you can fire portals and he can jump through them and it fires him like, across the screen and stuff. It's, it's quite interesting. There you go, Nintendo. There you go. Okay. Uh, I've got an email from Tom Hallam. It's actually a very, very long email, so I'm going to cut it down to one bit because he has a go at me. So he said, just listen to the Gamescom special. And I'm not angry, just really disappointed and pretty surprised to not like the sport of MMA or UFC, as you probably know, it's fine, but your opinions on the sport seem pretty dated and ignorant. That's me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I honestly thought you were past describing it as sanctioned blood sport as many a local councillor did 10 years ago. Uh, it's acknowledged as one of the most physically demanding sports there is, taking years of intensive training to learn. Myriad of elements go into it, 
blah, blah, blah. Look, right? It's my opinion, and I'm allowed that opinion. I just, I'm not saying that they don't train for years, and I'm not saying it's physically demanding. Of course it is. They kick the shit out of each other and have their faces broken. But it's just not to my taste. Anyway, he also says something like, he, he, he reckons that we sound more like a Women's Institute coffee morning. <laughs> we do bake a lot. Yeah. Can we have cakes and knitting? Look, if you don't like it, don't listen. Um, here, right, I've got an email here from Graham Smith, and he is uh, he's an Xbox gamer, but he's now considering a switch to PlayStation for next-gen consoles. Um, and he was really hoping uh, that the PS Plus deals... Um, would give him a chance to play some top gen current sorry some top current gen PlayStation exclusives, but he thinks he might have misunderstood how PlayStation Plus works on next gen consoles. So his question is: Is there any way that I'll be able to play current gen PS3 exclusives without shelling out for a PS3? I'm not sure I can justify the cost of a PS4 and a PS3 just for the sake of playing one or two games, however good they are. So unfortunately, Graham, you can't. For now. Mm. So right at the launch of PS4, you can get one PS Plus subscription that will tide you over for all three Sony platforms, Vita, PS3, and PS4. You'll only be get, able to get the current great games that are offered on PS Plus for PS3 if and you own a PS3. Now, in the future, Sony wants to get Gaikai up and running, which is their cloud-based system where you can stream past games. Now, when that's up and running, PS Plus might give you access to those games, but currently at yep. launch... Unfortunately, you can't. My advice would be, one uh, of there's two options I, I see. Either spend your money now and buy a PS3, play the games that you want, and then as soon as the new one comes in, find the best trading price and put it against a PS4. Obviously, that might not be ideal. Or yep. buy a PS4 and then wait about six months because the PS3 will come down to next to nothing. And then you can go back it's and play. It's still pretty cheap already, but yeah. I, I mean, you can get the... What's the 12 gig one for about yeah. 120 quid now? Yeah, it's not a lot of money. I mean, it, if you're saving up for a PS4, then I it, get is, it. it yeah. is a lot of it's money. It's a third right? of the price, yeah. Um, or you can just wait and, and play those games in the future. Um, so, yeah, that, thanks for writing in, Graham. Yep. He's got the next one. Uh, I've got an email from Alan Fraser, who is... Uh, well, he's, he's asking a question about Bioshock Infinite and the DLC that was mentioned, Burial at Sea. Uh, do we feel like the fact that it's going back to Rapture rather than Columbia is an admission that the world of Columbia failed to evoke the same impact and atmosphere of Rapture? Seems a bit odd that they would have gone to such lengths to create Columbia and then abandon it at the first possible opportunity. I don't think that's the case. I think, uh, again, I don't know that much about it and we probably won't until it comes out, but to me it feels like it's bringing everything together full circle and that it's really bad example but it's like the Star Wars prequels is leaking, linking the, the first part of the story and the second part of the story yes. hopefully it'll do a better job of uh, Revenge of the Sith or what, what was is that what the third element. movie was called yeah, yeah. yeah. there's an element of nostalgia as well like people yeah. really love that world it's interesting to go back it's the first time we should say Irrational has revisited Rapture because yeah. 2K Marin did Bioshock 2 so and I'm hoping it will be slightly different from what it was like in because obviously it was completely run down and, yeah exactly yeah so it's going to be populated properly, right? Yeah, but, and it's set in a slightly different universe. Like yeah. one of the multiple universes is like a film noir universe. Yeah. I, his point about admission that the world of, of Columbia was not as good as Rapture, 
Is that like a? St- do people think that? Because I, I thought Colombia was like incredible. Yeah, I thought it was incredible. I, I, As well, a game I, world, I, I think both of them were amazing. Yeah, I think Bioshock, especially. Sorry, the first Bioshock because I've never really seen anything well, like that. Like it, Bioshock Rapture is accumulating in the years since it's come out. Yeah. So much kind of um, goodwill and uh, recognition. Yeah. It's quite hard to topple that seven months after coming out. Yeah. So we'll see you like in the long run, which is considered the more kind of fleshed out dystopia. Yeah. Um, shall I go next? Or do you want to go next? Well, I, maybe just get this one in quickly. Uh, from Rob Holiday. Ben Affleck. Seriously. We didn't get your thoughts on this last week, Tom. But this broke while we were at Gamescom. What? Which fucking idiot thinks he is in any way suitable for this role? Oh, yeah. Zack Schneider. He goes on to say this is a terrible, terrible choice. There's no wonder Marvel have consistently kicked DC's arse in film with decisions like this. Although the Dark Knight trilogy was pretty successful, Rob. Yeah. Um, no one did his best to keep them in the game, but with this news, I think Vanessa Feltz would be doing vocal warm-ups. I don't get that. I, I don't like get that. Hey, <laughs> right, I see. Oh. Um, okay. I think, <laughs> Come on, guys. Slowly but surely. I think it's very hard to judge someone when you haven't seen anything no. of the final product. So I think I'd reserve my judgment. Yeah. But um, I've calmed down a lot since I last week. I just think, you know, ultimately that film's going to have bigger problems than... The bigger problem is it's Zack Snyder's directing yeah. it, right? And, and, and if, if it's a bad film or not a great film, Ben Affleck might be deemed a crap Batman, but you can only do with what you're given. Ben Affleck just basically made a huge pile of money for Warner Brothers with Argo and the town. Uh, so why, why wouldn't they give their golden boy the shot at being their figurehead character? But, but actually more interesting... For, for Warner Brothers, it makes complete sense. Wouldn't it be good for him, rather than being in front of the camera, but to be behind it then? Yeah. Well, if, there's a deal, maybe he'll do the JLA. That's a rumour. Right. But Yeah, I mean, he could sort of oversee... I mean, he is, comic, he is a comic book nerd. Like, yeah. he had a bat cave in his own, in his own home, so... Um, th- what's interesting idiot. is Warner Brothers probably could have predicted this like they knew this would happen and I think it's testament to how much they believe in him that they're willing to withstand all this backlash yeah. well he, he'd sort of come full circle in terms of like he'd won the Oscar and there was a lot of goodwill towards him but it's just it's just amazing that it's like not yeah well done Ben Affleck but not in my backyard, backyard. Yeah. do you know what I mean yeah, like yeah, yeah, stay yeah. away from Batman yeah yeah it's just so precious of people. A lot like, of people have a lot of deep-seated ownership about Batman. Yeah. Like, there's, but there's, it's just something about him that I don't like. Okay. I think it's... Is it, I'm not disputing get, him as a... I think this is a, almost the worst it could have been, really. I haven't actually I, seen him was, in... I haven't seen The Town or, or Argo, so I don't know what he's performing. You know, if it was an unknown, like, yeah. they probably would have got away relatively unscathed. Yeah. Also, Gone Baby Gone. I really like that film. It's a great yeah. film. Uh, he's not in it though, directed it. I just directed it. Um, but yeah, also a point I made, he will be the oldest actor to ever make his debut as Batman. He'll be 41 That's crazy. when Batman versus Superman comes How out. How old was Christian Bale then? Christian Bale was like 36. Was he really? Right. Yeah. Um, Michael like Keaton was like 38. Um, George Clooney. George Clooney. They were all young. Basically, they were all, they were all younger. Clooney couldn't Catholic. have been younger. Yeah, Clooney was younger. Well, yeah. he's, he's with Grey Fox, isn't he? Like, looks yeah. almost like Philip Schofield. Yeah, but he, he was he also dark 40 hair, when then. he played Batman. Was that uh, correct? Philip Schofield, yeah. Uh, Batman and Gordon McGoe for his role in Dreamcoat. I thought he's an <laughs> Oscar winning screenwriter. Yeah. So, talented dude. No, I know that. So, we, I, 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 I'm not disputing that. I can totally understand why Rob says that. I can totally. Yeah. He's got an amazing chin, though. That's what he's got a dimple. He's got a chin dimple. Yeah. Um, so I've got an email here from Dan Crookshank. He says uh, he'd read Kez's review of the wonderful 101 and then made the mistake of delving into the comments. Oof. 
So a lot of people were complaining that reviews seemed uh, complaining about the review, saying that the the review should have got a, the game should have got a higher score because they'd enjoyed the demo and clearly it was a nine plus. And this got me thinking: there must be no other media form where people complain that a review is wrong because even though they have not endured endured all of something, the snippet that they have seen must be representative of the entire thing. No one complains if you tell them that a film is crap. That it must because it must have been brilliant because the thirty second trailer was great. Do you think this is a problem that only affects video games, and if so, why? Yeah, because like you wouldn't review or give an album a score based off one track that you'd heard. Yeah. Well, we wouldn't. Some people probably would, but it's just it just ah. Uh, don't get me started. <laughs> I think uh, it's different. Well, there's probably a whole sort of thing like tropes. It only happens in video games, yeah. right? Like. Unboxing. Is yeah. there anything, any other, any other media in the world which deals with the and opening of a box? People go nuts for it still. Yeah. Um, and like reviews, like people complain about the score. But the thing, that, the difference with a video game is that it's a much bigger investment. Yeah. But in terms of if you spent 40 quid, you're basically committing 40 quid to a game. Yeah. And of also course, 10, yeah. 15 hours of your life. Yeah. And so you're more likely to stick with it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I you that. almost feel personally slighted if you've bought something and someone else dislikes yeah. it. Yeah, totally. And I also think that people, uh, gamers are a lot more territorial about the stuff that they're into, whether it's genres or whether it's formats. Like, you know, we see it all the time on, you know, Xbox versus PS1, sorry, X versus, Xbox versus PlayStation, etc. Um, you don't really get that apart from maybe One Direction fans. Uh, like if the enemy gave One Direction album a bad score, I'm sure you get people on there saying it would deserve more. Not that I'm likening our readers to One Direction fans, but you know <laughs> what I mean. Wait, what do you think it would make a difference if they took the review score off? Probably, but because again, I would say that there is a percentage of people who don't read the full thing and look at why the game scored less than yeah. what they I get assumed. A lot of, like really angry tweets like after a review, and I feel that there's a lot of people. I don't really see what... I don't understand... Maybe they don't... I don't know what they actually want from reading a review. Mm. There's a lot of people out there that simply want a review to validate their pre-existing opinion of the game. Absolutely. They want it to reaffirm their worldview. And you get that a lot. You can see that in terms of, in regular life, what people read and the type of TV channels they watch. People don't like that often to be challenged. So if you're a conservative person, you'll buy the Daily Mail. You won't buy the Guardian, even though it's probably better for you if you do, to be daily challenged on a daily basis by conflicting views. And those are the people who really have a problem. They can't believe, they think it's really binary, it's black and white, it's either it is a 7.3 or it's a 7.6 and there's no room for discussion. Which is actually, when you get into the minutiae, that's crazy, that's insane. But it, but it's at the same time it's like it normally is like even if a game is scoring like eight point eight or something high like that, it's like you should have got a nine. It's like really, but every eight point eight is a great score, isn't it? Really, to be honest. So, and yeah, I mean, rest assured, a lot of uh, blood, sweat, and tears and discussion goes into yeah, exactly. a score or in a review before these, it goes live. It's not these are not, not numbers. Pulled a number out of the air, and I think interestingly, especially on on one four one oh one, is that Keza her experience of that game fluctuated a lot over time and I think the original the f- score was lower it's going to be a lot lower um, because the, the, the first part of the game is 
you know, fundamentally kind of broken well, in places. Also, what's, um, you know, like the trailer analogy is really good, the demo of Wonderful 101 was actually very unrepresentative of the final experience. It put yeah. you on an early level with a lot of the abilities that you only acquire very late on in the game. Yeah. So it's like that classic phrase, vertical slice. Yeah. But it kind of bluffs you into thinking yeah. that you know what the game's about and actually, oh, this is really easy. But it's not, because when you play the game, it's much more frustrating yeah. than what you experienced. And I know that also some of the criticisms that she got were was from someone saying that, well, I played that level and I never had any problems there. But it's like, well, that doesn't mean that you are absolutely right. And the, in the same way that Kez is not saying that what her experience was absolutely going to be the one that you have. It's just her experience and it's down to a, you know individual interpretation. In the same way, when I reviewed God of War, I had a ton of people saying that, well, I got straight through the... I can't remember. I've blanked it from my mind. I can't That's remember. Trials of Archimedes. Thank you very much, yeah. Like, a ton of people saying, you're shit. Uh, and I'm like, well, look, I got stuck there. I know a load of people got stuck there for a lot longer than I did. So really deal with it. But that doesn't, that doesn't mean that I'm wrong. It doesn't mean that you're wrong. It Did just they change means the difficulty of that? Yeah. Apparently so, but That's I'm why. never, ever going back to playing that game all the way through to that point to just to double check it. So, oh man, that was a time. So, yeah. Next piece of feedback. Okay, this is James Veitch. Sorry if I've pronounced that incorrectly, James. Um, he's from Edinburgh. He says, long-time listener... I was just wondering if you could live in any game world where all of its rules apply, in which world would you live? In case you're wondering, easy. I'd live in GTA yeah. because it's really easy to get yourself out of trouble. Well, I was, um, uh, I was in the car with my missus the other day and we drove along, we saw like a classic car and she said, oh, that's nice. And I went, like literally without thinking, I said, if we were in GTA, I could just get out of the car and go and have that. <laughs> 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 and wouldn't that be amazing? It's like... Oh, that's nice. I'm going to have that. I'm going to have it. <laughs> I was having a Facebook conversation with a friend the other day because I was posting about GTA and he said that um, he'd played GTA for so long, GTA yeah. 4, that he went out into his car and then started driving on the wrong side of the road. Wow. Like, and was like, and it was only because he was only in the state and then he only realized, so it only sort of came like to realization when he was about to pull out. Oh, Jesus, that's cool. Yeah, the right. effect. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, around San Andreas, and I was, I was working from home and I did play that an awful lot. I, it does come into your mind about like, you know, cars pull up and you think, oh, well, let's just open the door, see yeah. what happens. I've, I never did it. Like I never drove on the wrong side of the road, but yeah, GTA is probably, what a world. Like it's just, you know, I just going to have that helicopter and fly Pokemon. around and do that. That's like the thing animals. I love about GTA is that it's based in some kind of reality, but you can do things that are extraordinary. Yeah. So. What are you, Tom? I would go for Animal Crossing. Um, Animal Crossing. You've got aperture testing labs. Just so I could have a portal gun, so I could Ooh. fuck about with it, because I would give anything to have a portal gun. Oh, what would you really? Do? Yeah, but not, not within would like, you have a, a lab environment. Uh, you know no, what? I'd like it in the real world. You know, it would be great. Like, if imagine you... Mirror's Edge, but with a portal gun. Oh, yeah. imagine how good would that be? Imagine a portal gun. You're on the sofa. Want to go to the fridge? Boom. Yeah. Put your don't hand you through. have to leave the Don't you have to leave the sofa to go to the toilet? Yeah, but oh, you have to have the you have to have the hole there. Oh, you set that up earlier, can't you? Just think about well, it. Like, but you've only got one hole, unless you want a series of holes that you. What can holes open. are we talking about? <laughs> so the thing Remember, is, any surface mirrors, yeah. and you can shoot them through them. Through any the surface is a B day with a portal gun. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Oh, oh. Anyway, anyway, thanks, James. Uh, Wait, Daniel, John. Oh, uh, Pokemon, because I really like little oh, yeah, animals. Sorry. I like to collect them. Okay. I really like Pokemon. <laughs> do you do that in real life? I'd, I'd love a little Should dog. go around Cat. picking up wrens. Yeah. <laughs> okay. John from California, with his pick for Lex Luthor in Man of Steel. Any guesses? Chris Dilly. Because <laughs> <laughs> of Lord. Uh, no, go on. <laughs> Billy Zane. 
Because he is bald. Uh, he also knows. Like, could you imagine? That would be the one thing that could come out that would make Man of Steel 2 sound even worse than it already does. Yeah. Uh, we know that he can be charming and malicious, as he was in Titanic. And he also thinks it'd be nice to get the guy back in the spotlight again. Uh, <laughs> no one ever. Really patronising. Warner Brothers, it'd be really great if he could, he could do something. He's just been in pot noodles for the last two years in his pants. What has he been doing? He went out with Kelly Brook for a bit, didn't he? Anyway, that was ages ago. Which have yeah, well, the fact that that is his... Which have stayed from his Luther. Have we not said this before? Um, anyway, Billy Zane. His birthday is on the same day as mine. Facts. of fame. Mine. Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs as well. Really? Yep. Brilliant. The Queen. You got Two creative geniuses. Queen. queen. What, official queen. or real? Actual. Um, I've got a question here from Joshua... Alawalia, and he says, um, he wants to know about Game of the Year editions. He says a lot of people he's heard recently say, I'll wait for the Game of the Year, Game of the Year edition because it comes at a cheaper price with all the DLC, blah, blah, blah. He didn't pick up Skyrim at launch, but he, you can now get the Legendary Edition for like 30 quid, and you can also get the Bioshock 1 and 2 collection for 13 quid. Um, he thinks he's going to wait for the Game of the Year edition of Last of Us before he picks that up. But what do we think? I saw that Borderlands 2 has a Game of the Year edition now. It does, yes. And that is a shit ton of content. I think with games yeah, like Yeah, you get that, a load of content I think with that stuff. In general, Game of the Year, I don't really bother with them. No. Um, but for games like Borderlands 2, then you're getting a huge... The add-ons for Borderlands yeah. are amazing. Like, like, often better than the original. Like, in the same way that GTA had... Battle of the Gay Tony and whatever, the, the Lost, Lost Bikers. The yeah, that's it, yeah. Uh, and they were like genuinely good additions to the game, same way with Borderlands. Who knows about Last of Us? I'm not really bothered about the kind of multiplayer stuff that they're sort of talking about, but certainly the other stuff that's coming further down the line is interesting. Isn't there just one piece of story DLC coming? Am I not, am I not right in thinking? Uh, I believe so. I'm only aware of one. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I, the problem is, is, is it's always like the old game is old sort of thing, isn't it? I don't mm. know whether there's always something else that I could pick up. I would I say know. about Last of Us as well, though, is that you shouldn't be thinking about the DLC. You should just play it as it is because it's brilliant. Because it is, so, an, yeah. it is yeah. an entire piece of work yeah. in itself. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're good for Christmas, I think, as yeah. well. Game of the Year editions. Um, he also wants clarification on next-gen game pricing in the UK. He says that apparently they've been confirmed in the US as sixty dollars, same as last gen. Um, but he thought prices would be the same, but he said the confirmed prices would be £55. That's insane 15 quid increases. It always comes down to RRP in the UK. Yeah. And well, they're not allowed to set it. No, they're not allowed to set it no. for trading. Right. So, but I would so it's purely down to retail. It's going to be 40 quid, right? I'm just, next just I, I, I think it depends on doing the Doing a skinny on um, Amazon right now. So Call of Duty 44. Is it, there's a range. Watch Dogs 47, yeah. Battlefield 42. I, I think it's going to be between 40 and 50 quid. I think over with time, like some premium games. I think once maybe current gen after a year or two, you're going to get a similar price. Remember how expensive Blu-ray was when that came out? Yeah. It was oh God. crazy. It's still, it's still expensive, I think. Especially for, for volume, some yeah. of the 3D ones. Like, when I got my telly, I bought one 3D one. I was Jane looking at HMV. Jane Fonda 3D it? workout. Uh, it was Tangled 3D. But if I Great bought movie. it, wanted to buy it in HMV, £35. <laughs> which is like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's so I bought it on Amazon for like 18 quid. So it's just crazy. 35 quid. I can't think of any some, movie. Some Blu-rays in HMV are still like 22 quid. Yeah. Yeah. Madness. So um, this is Beth Richards. Other, um, writing with a concern about FIFA 14. Sorry, I took a, that was a very meaningful. Signed, signed Nathan. 
Signed Nathan, so I'm just confused. Um, anyway, I write with the concern I have with FIFA 14 on PlayStation 4. Yeah. After watching a Gamescom live demo of FIFA 14, the demonstrator said that pro player intelligence and other features such as anticipation of incoming tackles were only on Xbox One. Mm. What? Surely this cannot be true. Um, are you, you saw FIFA more closely than There's features on Xbox One that aren't on I FIFA haven't actually played current gen place. FIFA 14. So no, but the difference that Nathan's talking about here is the difference between PS4 and Xbox One. So like the next gen editions. Oh, I see. So not between current. No, that, I, no, I've I don't not think heard that's that. Right. The only difference that we're aware of is things like um, Legends, Legends in Ultimate Team. Yeah, I'm I don't pretty think sure that's not true. So I think what might have happened is the person demoing probably misspoke and meant last current gen. gen yeah, and next yeah, yeah, gen. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. don't be that concerned, Nathan. Sorry, I, yeah, no, I'm I'm 99.9% sure that's not yeah. the case. Uh, I've got uh, one last email here, which is from uh, Sam, writing from Auckland in New Zealand, Ooh. who firstly wanted to say, I uh, love the interview with Nick Pope. I thought it was absolutely fascinating. He's a cool he was guy, the UFO he? dude, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then he also, so this is a topic which I think we've got quite a few emails about. It says... Uh, oh no actually this one's slightly different this is not about your most iconic film moment his for the record is the T-Rex bit in Jurassic Park I love taste um, what movies about aliens are your favourites <laughs> um, Alien is District 9 and Aliens <laughs> uh, movies about aliens oh well, it's good Aliens I'll tell you what one of my favourites it's a bit of an underrated gem I think it's because sorry underappreciated gem and I think it's maybe because it's a Michael Crichton book but Sphere Oh, I've never seen Sphere. I know what you mean. It's um, Dustin Hoffman, Sharon Stone? Yeah, maybe Samuel L. Jackson, Jackson as well. Yeah, it's set at the bottom of the ocean and these sort of deep sea divers find a sphere, this like metal sphere, and they bring yeah. it inside their... Sub or their own, in fact, they live in an underwater base. Yeah. And this sphere, like, they bring it in and it turns out it's like this alien spaceship thing and it starts doing all this crazy shit and then that it like attracts animals to the thing. It's really, really cool. Really underappreciated. Oh. And also... Um, What's the one in space? Event Horizon. <laughs> What's the one in space? I was actually thinking of Event Horizon because there's no alien per se, but that is one of the best space-based horror movies. Have you ever seen it? No. It, it's got, it, they basically open up a gateway to hell. Dead right. space is massively, massively what, What's the space movie Horizon? with George Clooney in it? It's just Solaris. Kind of, Solaris. Oh, yeah. God, remake. I found that really boring. The remake of an even more boring film. Right. Tarkovsky. Loads of people were going on about how great it was, and I watched it on a plane, and I don't think I, f think I fell asleep. Critters? <laughs> Critters is a great movie. Critters. <laughs> um, so, Alien, or Aliens, or any more for any more from the Aliens. I'd franchise. go Aliens. You go for it's, Aliens? It's, yeah. I think Alien is, is aged better. Aliens is still great, but it's, Aliens is long. It's got the guns. It's got the guns, um, man. It's I think the, the, guns. the film that's... The, that's made me most scared of an alien invasion uh, is, it's, it's this, you're going to laugh at this, Signs. <laughs> right. I, I thought Signs was really effective when I saw it at the cinema. I yeah. really like Signs. I think it really demonstrates like the paranoia and the fear of aliens yeah. like better it, than any other movie. It's one of those great movies where it's really kind of um, geography bound. Like it's just that house for, for pretty much most of the movie. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a sense of claustrophobia, like you're being attacked. Yeah. I wanted War of the Worlds to be so good. And it was oh, so oh, rubbish. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What else is it? Close uh, Encounters. Yeah, Close Encounters, I think, is the daddy of alien yeah. like invasion sort of films. That would be my... It's good. And um, Batchy's not included, so them too. <laughs> <laughs> Cocoon. 
Cocoon is a great movie. What's your favourite movie about OAPs <laughs> finding a spring in the step? Cocoon 2, not okay. quite the same. It's not, is it? Which one has... Is Courtney Cox in one of them? Oh, I don't know. Anyway. Batteries Not Included is not very good. It's not it's, it's always on repeat as well. It's always But they on. help basically pensioners in Brooklyn rebuild a floor mosaic. Floor mosaic. I know. That's why it's I not, remember that's the fact. It's not like I mean, Short Circuit, which is good. They're remaking Short Circuit. <sighs> Short Circuit 2, I seem to remember being ever so slightly... Was that Citizens on Patrol? <laughs> Short Circuit 2, ever, being ever slightly racist. There's a man, he's like it's a white Indian guy man. who plays like an uh, Indian man and he does like a whole like... Wow. Very Indian odd stick. accent. Like action. a poo. <laughs> 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 very strange action. Oh, Shakupa. Um, and talking of... Sorry, feel, just one last thing. <laughs> talking of um, very dubious films, like when you watch them back, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. I watched this the other day. Yeah. This is a very, very homophobic film. Is it? It's a very homophobic, uh, transgender-like yeah. hating film. Oh, yeah, oh, because right. the villain. Yeah, and there's this... Yeah, this is... Spoiler alert, there's this scene where Ace Ventura realises he's kissed a man by accident, and he basically like scrubs his body with bleach because he's kissed a man by accident it is very very odd wow there you go on that note that's my favourite film (laughs) is that feedback are we all done I think we've got a lot more but we're going to save it we'll save it for for next week's podcast Uh, hopefully because Daniel and I have done something very exciting this week but we're not allowed to talk about it but hopefully we can talk about it next week and it was I promise you it's worth tuning in for because we got the most exciting things I've seen Uh, Can I talk about something else that's exciting next week? Uh, On next Friday, the 6th of September, we're holding a WWE 2K14 hands-on event in our office. The first time in the UK that anyone will be able to get their hands on the game, and it's happening only at our offices. Nice. If you're interested, just search on uh, IGN for WWE 2K14 hands-on event. Uh, You'll find... Details on how to uh, enter your details. Uh, and details enter, on how to enter your details. Details on how to enter for your chance to win a pair of tickets. Perfect. Uh, Sounds so that's good. happening. Um, and then also, just to tease it, we're going to have another big uh, community event in our office coming up very soon in a couple of weeks. So very exciting one. That, that's going to be big. That is going to be massive. Yep. Uh, and may involve something podcasty. Yeah. So again, stay tuned. More details to come very soon. Uh, that's it for this week's podcast thank you again for listening again please someone tell me how to get the latest reviews on the iTunes app on the the podcast app because it all ever does is displays the kind of I don't know what the algorithm is but I can't find most recent reviews so if anyone's left us recent reviews I can't see them and that makes me sad Uh, send your feedback to IGN oh it's changed what is it Tom IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com of course Twitter Facebook slash IGN UK Uh, that's it till next week until then bye 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 everyone hey there it's Rachel Ballinger and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored it's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. 
You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.